0: Happy Sunday, social family. Happy Sunday. you miss us? I hope you do. Do you miss me? We miss you. Of course. Who wouldn't miss you? Uh, We love you. Hey, thank you for being in church today. And thank you for allowing us to get some time away to be refreshed. But guess what? We have left you in very good hands today. Ooh, this is not just a guest. This is a friend. Uh, to us for several years now, but we're introducing him to the Social Dallas family. He currently serves as the Associate Pastor at Lakewood Church. We love him so much. He has a brand new book out. Yes, he does. It's an incredible book. What's the title? oh you can live the dream <laughs> and it is a dream to have him here pastor nick nielsen nick. all the way from h-town is in the, the house so come on social family you know how we do get on your feet put your hands together and get ready to hear from pastor nick nielsen we love you Nick.
1: social dallas what's good make some noise for jesus if you love him today you look good, man. Hey, we've already had some church today. Can you show some love to your worship team? Absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. Chandler Moore, unbelievable, incredible team. Uh, wow, just the culture here. I can, I can feel it. You know. Two and a half years ago, I was sit with Pastor Robert in Houston, eating some average sushi. And as he was articulating to me what was in his heart for the season, and he was talking to me about a church he wanted to start with his wife, Taylor. And he was talking how he wanted to start a movement that would change the city of Dallas upside down. And he just had the courage to believe there was some other crazy folk in the Dallas metro area that would collectively come together and join the story that God would write. And this is it. You're a part of it. I don't know if you know, but you're a part of a miracle. This isn't normal. A two and a half year old God's story that you have been written into. You have a significant part to play in it. You just didn't by chance show up at church today or a year ago or two years ago, but God has something significant for you to do within this house. Wave at me if you believe it and you can testify to that and you're a witness of it. God's church, she's not perfect, but she's beautiful. And we're just a bunch of imperfect people gathering together and I'm just your weird uncle from Houston. Thank you for letting me come and be a part. I'm honored to be here. I absolutely love your pastors, Pastors Robert and Taylor Medu. Come on, show them some love. Phenomenal people of character, integrity, passion. Thank you for letting me take part. I've witnessed this story for about two and a half years from afar, and now I get to experience your joy, your passion, your faith, your hospitality, your generosity. So clap for yourselves one more time. Social Dallas, this is a phenomenal move of God. I'm thankful to be a part. Today have a a tiny part of the story. Well, listen, can I introduce you? I also have my beautiful daughter, Haven. She joined me on the trip. Haven, wave at everybody. She's over there real high so the people in the back can see you. 16 years old, my only little girl, and she's driving y'all. So pray for me and pray for the streets of Houston as she's, uh, she's awesome, she's amazing. I'd like to also introduce you to the rest of my, my crew. Uh, I have a 12-year-old son, Denver, and uh, he loves football and he's got a head of hair. And uh, that's my beautiful bride, Summer, and we've been married almost 20 years. So fellas, I'm telling you, fellas, you serve Jesus. That's what happens. Right there. No, I love my family. Uh, thank, you. thank you for loving them with me. Um, you're already standing, and just stay standing for just another brief moment. Pastor uh, Robert mentioned my book. Um, I just uh, finished writing and about to release my very first book. It's called "You Can Live the Dream." You can. Li- Anyone here living the dream? You can live the dream. And listen, John ten ten says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life abundantly. I just believe that we've been designed to live an abundant life. And I don't care what people say. And that abundant life is not found in the world. It's found in Jesus. And you don't have to limit your dream to a destination. You can actually live the dream right now. You can experience peace, joy, satisfaction, contentment, purpose right now. You don't have to wait to the 401k. You don't have to wait till you get married. You don't have to wait till you get the corner office. Anyone believe that when following Jesus, you can experience the dream now, right now. And so there's something about a thief though. I've never known a thief to try to attempt to steal from an empty home. Have you? No. What does that tell us? If you're facing opposition, or obstacles or setbacks or attacks from the enemy. It is only an indication that you are packed with purpose, you are packed with gifts, you are packed with talent. God has so much destiny wrapped up on the inside of you and that is what the enemy is opposing or else you wouldn't be facing attacks. So living the dream and living the life God's called you to live is not a life without opposition. It's a life led with the right perspective, knowing God's got me, knowing that the enemy's attacking me because I'm full of destiny. And so today I just brought a few signed copies. Does anyone want a copy? This isn't released. It releases August 8th. You can pre-order it. My guy with the fear of God hat. This is for you. You can pre-order if you want. That's enough with the book. August 8th, it releases... um, If you're taking notes, let's get into this. I wanna talk today from the topic, do it afraid. Do it afraid. I've already feel like family here. This is family. Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence. That's why we come to experience you and to leave different. No one here came to play church. We've come here, Jesus, to meet you. You are the center of it all. And our declaration and belief is that whenever we release our faith, as we have been doing, we will never leave the same. There is always an exchange that takes place. So Father, thank you for a supernatural exchange that has already taken place and that will continue to. Lord, the runway of our hearts are open, land in our lives, whatever it is, You want to land. We love you. Have your way in Jesus name and all the passionate social Dallas people said, amen. amen. Come on, give God some praise from the front to the back. He is good. You may be seated. You may be seated. Turn to somebody and say, do it afraid. When I was in college, two of my friends and I decided that we would go skydiving Anyone here gone skydiving before? Raise your hand real high if you've been skydiving before. All right. Skydiving is crazy. All right. And, and three of us decided to do that. So we packed up our stuff and we, we made our trek to skydive Chicago. I went to college in that area and we, would, we decided that's where we were going to go. None of us had been skydiving before. So that day we had a lot of instruction that we had to go through. A lot of training we had to go through. And, and in Chicago, there's, there's a rule that you cannot jump alone unless you first jump with a tandem instruct, instructor three times. So on this day, we came into this training area and we began to get instructed on the jump, how we needed to jump out of the airplane, how we needed to check our gauges that were on our arm, where we needed to find the rip cord that we had to pull. Once we went through all this training, Then we got matched up with the instructor that would tandem jump with us. So I met my tandem instructor. He had like this bleach blonde mohawk and he was like, hey man, this is my day off. And I didn't know whether like if that's a good thing or that's a bad thing. Like you're off, bro. What are you doing here? Working, you know? So I'm, I'm getting like acclimated to my surroundings, to my day, to the training, to everything that was required for me to jump out of a perfectly functional airplane that wasn't on fire, wasn't about to crash, I'm willingly gonna jump. So we get into this eight-seater airplane completely gutted, no seats, no nothing, just like a tin shell. We sit down with the instructors strapped to our back, like literally attached to us. We're just crouched down. My two friends are in front of me. They (laughs) They have to jump first. So I get to watch them jump out of the airplane. So we like scoot up, come up, and all of a sudden, the captain of the plane opens the sliding door of this eight-seater airplane. And as he opened the door, it got real, y'all. It got real, real. Wind just starts blowing into the airplane and all of a sudden, like my heart was already racing, but now my heart's racing. Palms are sweating. I don't, I'm starting to get real, real anxious. And then I see my buddy tiptoe up to the ledge of the airplane and gone. I mean, so fast. I can't even hear him scream. It was like, "Ah." like gone. Second dude comes up, gets up to the ledge. He kind of like looks back at me right when he looks back. Boom, gone. <laughs> Just that's all I can hear. I come staggering up now. I'm third, right? I've seen both my guys take a plunge. I get up to, I get up to the ledge. And as soon as I start creeping up to the ledge, I mean, my, it starts start playing through my head like, I, when, do I, when am I supposed to look up the gauge? When am I supposed to pull the ripcord? Like I forgot all the training. I forgot it all and I'm standing there and I'm afraid and I looked at my instruction. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't remember anything I was supposed to do. I'm afraid. And he looks at me and he's like, Nick, calm down. You just have to do it afraid. And as soon as he said that to me, our momentum just took me over. I took a step and gone 60 second free fall just throat or stomach all up in my throat, just 60 seconds, crazy. And then at about the 60 second mark, all of a sudden I feel this little tap on my, on my wrist and I look up and I see that we're at the, we're at the time where I should be pulling the ripcord. But I'm like, I don't even know the, where the ripcord is. I don't even know my name right now. All of a sudden I feel a little tap right here, puts my hand right on the ripcord, pull the ripcord. Parachute opens, the most peaceful, breathtaking view of Chicago, just peaceful view, just soaring, so calm, perfect skies, incredible view, I'll never forget it. The instructor guides us down, we land safely on the runway, And it was an experience that I'll never forget. It was one of the most memorable experiences of my life. And those of you who've gone skydiving, you can relate. But it was also one of my most fearful experiences of my life. And if I could rewind, that experience happened from a scary step. It all started with a step. A step that I had to make in spite of And what I had to do when I took that step is I had to trust the instructor that when I still, when I took a step that the instructor would lead me, he would guide me, he would direct me, he would reveal things to me. Oh, I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I believe God is asking many of you to take a scary step. And when you step, God's going to provide, he is going to establish you, he is going to direct you, and he is going to give you everything you need to get you safely to your destination. But I have a question. How many of us today are looking at something that's very scary, something God is inviting us into, but if we are honest, We're standing motionless. We're not moving because we're overwhelmed with fear. I wonder how many new levels, how many God opportunities that are in front of us, but we're letting fear stop us from pursuing them. Oh, I know God's put in my heart to purchase that home, but uh, I feel like it's, it's too far out of my means. Oh, I know God is asking me to step away from this relationship, but it means walking in a lonely season, in an unknown season. Oh, I know God has put in my heart to submit my resume for this job because I know I can do it, but I'm not qualified for it. I know God has put in my heart for me and my wife or me and my husband to have a baby, but all the signs point physically that we're not capable. So I'm gonna shrink back and I'm gonna allow fear to keep me from stepping, keeping fear from moving forward. I'm here to encourage some people today. God is asking you to do it afraid. See, most of us have things in our life right now we know we're supposed to be doing. The problem is we're waiting for the perfect time, or we're waiting for all fear to go away before we take a step towards the thing God's called us to step towards. King Solomon says something profound in Ecclesiastes 11.4. It'll be up on the screen. This is what he says in Ecclesiastes. There are some things that you cannot be sure of. See, control is an illusion. King Solomon knew this. There's some things you can't be sure of. You must take a chance. If you wait for perfect weather, you'll never plant your seeds if you are afraid that every cloud will bring rain, you will never harvest your crops. In other words, it's not gonna be a perfect time for you to step into your destiny, for you to step into your promise. If you wait, you're gonna be waiting your whole life because there will never be perfect conditions. There'll never be a moment where there is something big in front of you that you will have to step into it without fear, with fear being completely gone. I'll say it this way, living the dream, realizing your destiny, fulfilling God's purpose, becoming everything God's purpose you to be will require seasons of doing something afraid. Ask Abraham, ask Moses, ask Mary, ask anyone throughout scripture that God used to do something extremely significant Ask pastor Robert and Taylor Madu, ask Chandler Moore. Ask a whole lot of people that stepped into something crazy and saw God show up and do the miraculous if they were complete void of fear when they did it. The answer, you know the answer, be absolutely not. We had to do it afraid. We had to step into it full of fear. You guys have H-E-B here in Dallas? Amen, that's right, that's my store, H-E-B, H-E-B grocery store. I was on an H-E-B run the other day. And as I got out of the car with my honey list, this is, the, this is the list my lady writes down for me to pick up. So I'm, I'm, I've got this list, I get out of my car, and I look up at the HEB doors, and the HEB doors were closed. So I started walking in this Texas heat, it's like 150 degrees out. And as we're walking towards the door, I'm sweating, but I see the doors, they're not moving, they're stay, the doors are shut. I take more steps, looking at the list, doors haven't moved, staying closed. But then something crazy happened y'all as I took another step and another step as I got about a foot away from the doors, they opened. These automatic doors opened up. They were motion activated. Some of you are like, what did this dude smoke this morning? Like, You guys are obviously aware of motion activated doors. But my question to you is, how many things that have your name on it that God has, it may appear to be closed around and you see closed doors and you stop and you stay motionless. But there are some things that God is asking you to step toward. And when you step toward them, and you continue to step toward them and you continue to step, God's gonna open them right up. Oh, I'm here to tell you there are some blessings and favor and provision that are motion activated. Some of God's promises for your life are motion activated. You have to take a step. You have to walk towards them. But so many times we see the things that God has for us surrounded by closed doors and we let fear turn us around and we walk away. Oh, I wonder how many blessings we've missed out on because we stayed motionless when God was asking us to take a step, even though the doors appeared closed. God's promises are motion activated. So today God's not asking you to take a leap of faith. God's asking you to take a step of faith. So many times we get overwhelmed with the leap. When God is just asking you to take a step. Some of you planners in the room. Do I got any planners? Yeah, Uh uh-huh. This frustrates you. Because you see what it will take to get to the dream, to get to the promise, to get to the thing God's put in your heart. And so you're trying to work it all out. You're trying to mathematically figure it out. You're trying to calculate everything to get to there. And God is saying, just give me a step. You ain't going to be able to figure this thing out. That's why it requires faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. I need you to release your faith. And when you move, when you take a step, it allows me to move. You see, the Bible says that God is watching over his word, anxious to perform it. How amazing is that? That we serve a God who is anxious to be good to you. And he's watching his word. And what moves him is your motion. What moves him is you stepping. And God wants to release his promises in your life when He sees you move, when He sees your faith activated, and all you need to do is give Him a step. I want you to hear this verse. It's profound. It's short, but it's profound. Psalm thirty-seven, twenty-three. The psalmist says, "The Lord directs the, the Lord directs the, He directs the steps of the godly." Notice it doesn't say He directs the stance of the godly as you remain motionless, God can't do nothing with that. He directs the steps of the godly, not the leap. The leap is cool. You want to take a leap, take a leap, but God is looking for just steps, faithful steps. In spite of fear, you stepping towards the thing God has put in your heart to go after When our daughter was four years old and about to step into kindergarten, Summer and I, we were praying about what school district we wanted her to be a part of. And my wife was really set in her heart for her to go to school in this one particular district. Now, this district wasn't in our zone. So we would need to sell our house and buy a new house in this new school district where Haven could attend the school. Now, at this time, the economy was horrible, This was not the ideal time to move, sell your house, do anything major like this. But we felt like it was a God dream that he put in us. And so we just said, hey, we're going to put our house for sale and we're going to surrender this thing to God and we're just going to believe. So that's what we did. Put our house on the market and just surrendered it to God. And we said, God, we believe this is in our heart. So I prayed. I asked in faith. And then I just went back to work. Couple months, no bites on the house. I mean, talking no bites, not a call, not an email, not a text, not a tweet, not a thread, not nothing, (laughs) nothing. All of a sudden, I come home from work one day. At the time, my wife was a dental hygienist. She would work all day and she would oftentimes beat me home. Well, this particular time, I get home from work and I see cardboard stacked boxes, about six of them in the garage. I see them like, what? Why is there? why is there cardboard in our garage? I just pick up the cardboard boxes and I put them like I always would with recyclables in the recycle bin. Go back to work next week. Same thing. I pull in the garage and I see a bigger stack. I'm like, wow, what's, what's up with all these cardboard bags? Pick up the boxes, put them in the recycle bin. Third week, come home. It's the biggest stack of cardboard boxes yet. I picked the the boxes up, bring them over. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Why are, there, why are there boxes? I go in the house. I said, son, what's up with the cardboard boxes? Why are there a stack of boxes in the garage? And she's like, oh, I forgot to tell you. I was taking the, the boxes that the dentist office was going to throw away. And I figured I could bring them home so that we could pack our stuff in the boxes when we sold our house. And it stunned me, y'all. Her face stunned me. You see, I had asking faith. I I was showing my faith to God by asking. But Summer, Summer was showing God her faith by stacking boxes. And I'm telling you, when you show God your faith like this and you just take a step, God will do a miracle. Your faith will put miracles in motion in your life. It wasn't two weeks later, we got an offer on our house for more than we were asking for, packed up our stuff, put it in them boxes, and moved into the neighborhood to get the house that we are still in today. Don't tell me that God doesn't work when you take a step. If you will do it afraid, God will meet you and provide for you and blow your mind with what he does with your faith. If you take a step, look at somebody and say, I'm stepping, I'm stepping. I'm not talking about taking a leap. I'm talking about just taking a step towards the thing God has for you. God is motion activated and he's looking to bless your steps. And it won't make sense, y'all. You know how many crazy looks my wife got from her coworkers when they were like, "What what are you doing? She's like, I'm bringing home boxes. I'm selling my house. They're like, don't you see the market? Don't you see the economy? And she said, my God supersedes the economy. My God promises that he will give me all I need according to his riches and glory. I'm not limited to what my bank account looks like. I'm not not limited to my employer. God will give me everything I need at the right time. Stir your faith today, social. God wants to bless you. It's time to collect some boxes. It's time to apply for that next job. It's time to break ground for the new business. It's time to buy the air freshener for that new car. It's time to buy the welcome mat for that new house. It's time to get a suit jacket for that promotion. It's time to get the baby rattle and some diapers for the new baby. Oh, I don't know who I'm talking to, but it's time to step into favor, freedom, provision and promise. Oh, I wish you'd just shout, I'm stepping. Come on, give God some praise today. He's so good. Luke 19. We are introduced to a wealthy tax collector named Zacchaeus. The Bible says that he's rich, he's influential, and he's powerful. He's He's uh, a little standoffish towards church. We don't know what he's heard. We don't know if he's been wounded. We don't know what he's seen. But we know that he's wealthy and he's rich and he's influential. But the Bible says, but everybody say, but But. he is short in stature. So he's rich, powerful, but he's got a but. He's short. The Bible says that he hears about Jesus. He hears about this miracle worker, this healer, this, this, this man who's doing miracles. And he's talking about the kingdom of heaven and he's curious. See, he's rich, but he's, he's still not satisfied. You can be rich and still empty. I would say you can be so empty. All you have is money and that's where he is. And the thing about this is, is he's, he knows Jesus is coming and he thinks, Hey, maybe this Jesus can do something with my soul. He can answer some of my questions, but the Bible says he's too short to see Jesus. So he runs up the path where he knows Jesus will be. You see, I want to unpack something for a moment in our lives. If we do some inventory, we'll all recognize that we all have a butt. <laughs> we all got a butt. Something we're not proud of: a shortcoming, a weakness, a deficiency. You see, Zacchaeus here, he had a butt. He had a height issue, but money couldn't solve this problem. Right? He had problems all the time that money could solve, but now he's reached a point in his life where money can't solve this problem. He wants to see Jesus, but he is short and money can do nothing for him in his predicament. He is conflicted. The reality is we all come up short. I can make money, but I can't manage it. I can start a relationship, but I can't keep one. I can cast vision, but I can't implement it. We all have a but. It doesn't matter where you're at. My business is growing, but I'm overwhelmed with anxiety. I have a nice car, but I have my diploma, but I got millions of followers, but I got verified, but everybody. And I mean, everybody has an area where they come up short. Jesus didn't come, or Zacchaeus didn't come to Jesus because he was powerful and rich. He was coming to Jesus because he was coming up short. And notice what happened. He runs in the path that he knows Jesus is gonna be in. And the Bible says that as he is running, conflicted, empty, wrestling with his butt, He discovers something strategically planted along the roadside. And you know what it was? A tree. Zacchaeus discovers a tree. And this tree was perfectly positioned at the perfect elevation for him to climb up and see Jesus and for Jesus to see him. As Jesus walks by, he sees Zacchaeus and the tree and he says, Zacchaeus, come on down here. I want to go to your house. You got some questions that only I can answer. You got some emptiness in your life that only I can fulfill and satisfy. He goes to his house and changes the trajectory of Zacchaeus's life forever. But I want to encourage you today. When you follow Jesus and you take a step of faith and you do something afraid and you see that you have a, but you have a shortcoming. Oftentimes that, but will keep you from going after the thing God has for you. You feel disqualified. Oh, you don't know my past. You don't know what I don't know. Nick, you don't know the people that I don't know. You don't know the the things I've done. You don't know uh, all the things that I've gotten into. And, And you begin to reason out why you shouldn't proceed. And Jesus is saying to you today, when you step afraid, you will always discover a tree, a solution that makes up the difference between your deficiencies and limitations and the opportunities. Oh, I don't know who I'm preaching today to, but listen, you are afraid to step out because of what you see, the lack that you see. But I'm here to encourage you like Zacchaeus. When you do step out and you do step out afraid, God will always supply a tree. A financial blessing, a divine appointment, a relationship, something that will make up the difference between your weakness and the promise. God has a tree for you. And I'm declaring over your life, you're going to start climbing because you are going to discover that tree as you step and you're going to discover another tree and you're going to discover another tree, open doors, resources, ideas, Things that God has already strategically placed in your path to help you fulfill the promise and the destiny that he has for you. You know what's so cool about this tree is that this tree, this sycamore tree was planted long before Zacchaeus was even a thought on his mommy and daddy's mind. Think about that. Long before you were born, God has already set up solutions to the problems that you are about to face. God has solutions long before you had the problem. He's got trees situated, but don't, don't stay motionless. You will never discover the trees God has positioned for you. Unless you do some things afraid. God has them already set for you. He's just waiting for you to step. He's waiting for you to follow his path. And it will be scary. But as you step out, God's going to lead and guide you and direct you to encounter these trees, these solutions, these breakthroughs that he already has in front of you. When you come up short, God will always have a tree for you. You may have a poor track record, but God's got a tree. You may have been on drugs, but God has a tree. You may have had a baby out of wedlock, but God has a tree. You may lack education, God has a tree. You may not have the connections, God has a tree. You may not have any money, God's got a tree. God has blessings, miracles, and divine relationships to make up the difference between your limitations and your opportunities. Get ready to start climbing. If you believe there's a tree, say, I'm climbing, say, I'm climbing. Look at somebody and say, I'm climbing. You see, God will get creative on how he brings the solutions to you. You'll get real creative. You remember that time in the scripture where the disciples came to Jesus and they're like, Hey, Jesus, we're supposed to pay the tax. Well, we don't know how we're going to pay the tax. And Jesus is like, Hey, get a fishing pole go out to the water, cast out, and you'll catch a fish. And in that fish will be the coin. Pay your tax and my tax. Now we read that story, but can you imagine how it felt as a disciple to grab a fishing pole and some bait and go to the water? And your boys are like, hey, what are you doing out here on a Saturday? And you're like, paying my taxes. You see, it doesn't make sense. The things God will ask you to do, the steps he'll ask you to take. You're telling me it wouldn't take humility to walk out to that lake that day and cast that fishing pole to catch some tax money. You absolutely better believe it. My encouragement today is don't let pride keep you from stepping. There are going to be some creative things God puts in your heart to do that are out of the norm. There isn't a blueprint for, and you have to be willing to take a risk and look foolish. Sometimes this life of faith doesn't always make sense. You got to take a step afraid and believe that God's going to get you what you need and put these trees in your life in creative ways. What am I saying? Take the limits off of God. Take the limits off of God and how he is going to fulfill the dream and the promise in your life. Stand your feet with me today. Worship team, y'all can come. Man, I believe I'm speaking to some people today. And I just feel like I'm on an assignment because some of you have been motionless. And and this this can be a a life-changing moment for you. Like I don't say that like out of hype because we're in church. Like I truly believe that. I've seen couples go buy a bag of diapers and they were told they couldn't have children. And they showed God their faith that they believed and months later they were pregnant and now they have four kids. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen stacked boxes get filled and houses moved. When the economy was at an all time low, I've seen God defy odds. And I'm just here to tell you that God wants to show you that he can do the impossible. It just requires your step to do it afraid. Don't wait for perfect weather conditions. There will never be. Don't wait for fear to be completely gone. That'll never happen. You gotta step afraid. This church is built on people that stepped out in spite of fear. That's at the bedrock of this story. So guess what? This story is going to contain a bunch of other people that are gonna keep stepping and keep doing crazy things. And God's gonna lead you to your trees your solutions, providing you, doing miracles. I handed a book out. There's no way that I should have ever published a book, y'all. I didn't grow up in church, wasn't a pastor's kid, no authors in my family, was horrible in English class. It doesn't make sense. I remember God put it on my heart. Write a book. And I'm like, man, there's so many other faith books on the shelf. All my peers, they're much more qualified to write a book. They're better. They could articulate it better. You know how many insecurities I had to work through? And I looked at my wife and I just said, I'm gonna rent an Airbnb and I'm just gonna write. And I don't know what's gonna come out. And I remember sitting down and starting to write and just how easy God put ideas, everything just flowed. 13 chapters later, where I can encourage people that you could live the dream that you don't have to wait till you're older, or you don't have to wait till circumstances change, which you can experience an abundant life right now. And when I wrapped it up, you wouldn't believe the amount of divine appointments that I would step into. Trees that were already lined up, awaiting for my step of faith, publishers and agents and connection after connection after connection. I'm telling you, that shouldn't have happened with me. But this is my point. I see books in this room. I see songs in this room. I see businesses in this room. I see families in this room. You may have grew up around divorce families and breakdown and struggle and alcoholism. Listen, you are the spiritual trendsetter. You are the one to step out and start a new trend in your family. And as you step, God's gonna do it. Ideas, strategies, provision, trees. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. So here's my question. Are you gonna let fear keep you from discovering your trees? Or are you gonna start stepping, start climbing? Some of you are gonna leave here and go get an air freshener for that new car. Some of you need to go and just get like a nice fresh writing pen or a new iPad. Start writing some of those things that God's been downloading to you. Today, if you wanna start stepping, you wanna do some things afraid, You know, I'm speaking to you. You know, God's speaking to you and compelling you. Can you just slip your hand up real high and say, that's me. There are some things in my life right now. I want you to keep your hands up and I want you to have a moment with Jesus right now. This is about no one else. This is about you and him. Father, right now you see every hand lifted. And my prayer and my declaration is that you would ignite faith and stir faith in them. Even if it's a mustard seed, God, I pray that you would breathe on it, that you would stir it up multiply it, increase it. And Father, I just pray that as they take a step today, not tomorrow, not procrastinating, but as they take a step, whatever that looks like, maybe for some of them, it's making a phone call and forgiving someone. Maybe for another person, it's walking away from a relationship. Maybe for another person, it's getting that business loan. Father, I pray that you would give them confidence, strength, grace to step today in the face of fear. And as they do, I thank you in advance for the trees you've supernaturally already placed in their path in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen.